Butabika National Mental Referral Hospital has called for a collective reflection on individual behaviors to mitigate the growing burden of mental illnesses in the country. We need to educate ourselves more about mental health and the impact of mental health on an individual, on a community, society, and nation. Once we have educated ourselves more, then we will understand what we are in for, you know, and what we need to do about it. Hello and welcome to a daily podcast around Uganda with me, Betty Mudondo. Join us today in raising awareness about mental health. The estimated incidence of mental illnesses is massive. 35% of Ugandans suffer from a mental illness and 15% of Ugandans require treatment. It is likely that the instance of mental illnesses and the need for treatment is much higher. Today, our reporter John Musenze is joined by the Executive Director of Butabika National Mental Referral Hospital, Dr. Juliet Nako, who has cited the COVID-19 pandemic and growing burden of social and economic stress among the problems which are triggering the increase in mental-related illness cases. Mental health is a big issue generally, but an issue that many people do not want to think about or even address. Mental health problems have always existed, even pre-COVID. But COVID worldwide threw mental health into the limelight because it brought to the fore the fact that people actually get mental health problems. And in fact, there was an increase in these problems owing to generally the situation that prevailed around that time. There was a lot of anxieties. There was a lot of sadness because many people were dying. Many people were worried about whether they would live or die or whether their um, significant others would live or die. Many people were worried about the economic situation that was going out of control during um, and after COVID. The lockdowns separated people because people had to keep away from their social networks which is normally what people do for a good mental health but now everyone had to keep to themselves particularly people who live alone had a problem so while these conditions existed before covid the mental health conditions after the pandemic during and after the pandemic particularly there was a spike in a number of these conditions. Most of the ones that increased were what we call the common mental disorders. The common mental disorders are usually uh, things like depression, things like generalized anxiety disorders, things like alcohol and other addictive substance abuse and the effects of those. Those ones generally increased because of the pertaining situation as we have talked about before. But there were, there were patients we saw also that developed new conditions that they had never had before. 
just because of the situation of COVID, people got into acute confusional states because of the effect of COVID on their brain. We also saw a few people who developed severe mental illness like psychosis because of COVID. And many people developed um, severe depressions following a COVID episode. Someone gets discharged from hospital or an ICU and then they turn up with very severe depression, very severe anxiety disorder, lack of sleep. Insomnia was a very big issue, especially for people who had developed severe COVID and ended up in ICUs. Somehow they found themselves unable to catch sleep at all. So was treating a lot of insomnia in our settings. Worldwide, some studies have been done that have shown that anxiety, depression went up by at least 25% worldwide. I'm sure that in Uganda, although we did not do specific population studies, I'm sure that that was also the case because for sure we saw a spike in mental health conditions. In Butabika Hospital, the numbers that we began to see in the hospital began to rise. For example, we used to have, this hospital is a five, officially a 550 bed hospital. We had been above that even before COVID, about 600 to 700 or 750. But um, with the advent of COVID-19, we started getting up to 1,000 people in admission. Actually, that was the first time we, we hit the 1,000 mark of people only in admission, not speaking about the outpatients, only people in admission. As we speak, we range in the 1,200 people in admission. So the effects are probably still going on, but we're also aware that we made a lot of noise about mental health. Part of the reason why we have these numbers going up could be that there is more out there in the community, which we believe there is. It could also be because more people now know a bit about mental health, so they know to seek help. This year, Parliament passed the Narcotics and Psychotropic Substances Control Bill 2023. According to Dr. Naku, this poses a big threat to the nation, morally and economically. This law has been passed by Parliament. It is not what Parliament wants to pass. Parliament has passed the law and it is now awaiting signing by the President, which I hope happens. We gave our views already and um, our, our take was that we should not open up to drugs. We have a poor population, a very young population that is largely very dependent on very few people. If we open up on drugs and young people get into drugs, this country will never get out of poverty because that is usually the effect of mass drug abuse. So our take as mental health practitioners 
was that we shouldn't open up to drugs. It is not beneficial. In fact, it is damaging not only to the mental health of individuals, but also to the physical health of individuals, which means our health budget will have to go up because we will start treating um, after effects of using drugs. Dr. Naku says Butavika is already full beyond capacity. However, on the bright side, she explains strategies put in place to deal with patients with mental-related illnesses across the country. In Butavika Hospital, we created a call center that pushes mental health messages to people. So you can actually call in, and we've been trying to popularize that call-free, toll-free number. So you can call in and listen to information. So it can tell you, press one if you want to listen to depression. Press two if you want to know about epilepsy, for example. So you get that information. It's a public number. So with increased literacy, people are able to know that these conditions are actually simply medical conditions that can be dealt with. We're trying to create hope that when someone has a mental health challenge, it is an illness, and when we treat, we can get somewhere. These symptoms can go away, and someone can return to function. We have had people who have returned to school, people who have retained their jobs and returned to work, people who have you know, gone out of the mental illness and actually picked up their life. We have a group of people who we call peer support workers. Peers are people with a similar challenge with another group of people. So these are people who have had a mental illness before and they have been treated and they have recovered from their mental illness. Now, we train them <coughs> to provide support to those who are suffering mental ill health, to work with them in their recovery journey, to show them that actually the, you can recover, you can pick up your life again, because they have. So they give a testimony. So we have what we call a recovery college here at Botabika. And in that recovery college, that's where we've been training peers, people who have recovered from mental illness, to learn how to support other people with recovering from mental illness. And uh, so that recovery college is another innovation. Government has been asked to increase funding for mental and psychiatric care services in the country. With early and consistent treatment, people with serious mental illnesses can manage their conditions, overcome challenges, and lead meaningful and productive lives. Many people focus a lot more on the physical health of an individual. We think about from the neck downwards and we forget from the neck upwards. But in developing countries, the situation is much, much worse. Um, for example, the number of health workers to patients in developing countries is almost 10 times lower than what it is in the developed countries. So there are more resources in the developed countries to put into mental health. And there has been better realization of the need 
for care for mental health of populations because the truth is there is no health without mental health. I normally tell people, if you don't have a leg, if you have a crush injury in your leg or arm and it has to be amputated, you can still function because you can get a prosthetic arm or leg and you still function. A brain is something completely different. When it is dysfunctional, you must attend to it. Otherwise, the rest of the body will not function properly. So in developed countries, I think that realization has been there for a long time. And the impact of, of poor mental health in a population on other things like the economy, for example, are well understood. In Africa and other low-income countries, these things are not well understood. I think there's a gradual increase in that understanding. The link between poor mental health of a population and its impact and its link to the economy, for example, and well-being of a nation, that link has not been made properly. But we hope that people are beginning to understand that so that we take care of the entire health of a human being, including mental well-being. Because a person who has poor mental health is not productive, usually. One of the reasons we treat mental illness is to make people become more productive or return to their state of productivity or make them productive to some degree because some don't return completely but at least productive to some degree other than their well-being they need to become productive so that we reduce the dependency ratio and that is it for the new vision podcast around uganda thank you so much for listening i am betty modondo Thank you.